Welcome to All Things Alt Tech, where we talk about the emerging digital ecosystem and how the online world is changing by the week. If you want to hear about next generation platforms and browsers, get the latest on privacy and online free speech issues, or just general banter on the creepy online media industry, this one's for you. So strap in, grab a drink, sit back and enjoy. If you want to support the podcast, visit nyman.media slash podcast. That's N-Y-M-A-N dot media slash podcast. If you want to ask a question or submit a story, email me at podcast at nyman.media. All right, welcome to the podcast. We need to talk about anti-competitive behavior in big tech. And the reason I want to bring this up is because there's actually been some hard evidence surfacing over the past few days concerning Facebook, and it's actually a pretty damning story. And it's one that hasn't really gotten all that much exposure, so I decided to delve into it a little bit more. So what's going on here? So a few years ago, there was an app called Bikini uh, that basically found photos of, of your Facebook friends you know, wearing swimsuits, and it kind of all conveniently organized them into one place so you could, well, creep over them or something like that. So... I mean, this is in and of itself a typical case of how a third-party company can misuse and abuse the data that's available through the Facebook API. But that's another story in all of in and of itself. But you know, I mentioned in the past how you know the fact that a giant company that stores everybody's personal data without any oversight and then allows developers to access that data is probably not a great idea. But but that's not the whole point here. Uh, anyway, this this app, Bikini, uh, they sued Facebook all the way back in 2015 on the grounds that, well, Facebook had supposedly been uh, partaking in some anti-competitive behavior and basically strangling the growth of um, of the Bikini app. Now, this lawsuit is not all that interesting, really, but a side effect of it is that it produced a lot of documents uh, through the process of legal discovery. So, in other words, when when the court decided to you know knock on Facebook's door and say let's see let's see the conversations that went on here, uh, to see, to find out what happened on the inside. And uh, so, basically, this court case re- revealed quite a lot of internal communications between the Facebook executives themselves, and and this information really well shows Facebook's internal mindset about well competition and how they deal with with threats as it pertains to competition. So, for instance, what we found out is that Facebook gave Amazon special access to all kinds of user data because, well, they're, they're, they're a big partner and so forth. They spend quite a lot of money with us. Maybe we should kind of throw them a carrot, something like that. Uh, in, in another case, uh, it, it looks like Facebook should shut down access to this new messaging app because, well, it had just simply become too popular and could end up maybe competing with Facebook. So let's shut it down before it gets too big. But, uh, but this wasn't just a couple of instances, though. Uh, I mean, Facebook actually cut off access to thousands of, of developers, it seems like. And in um, these court documents, they also suggest that Facebook did this deliberately to protect their position in the market. So, which is definitely, definitely a cause for concern. And, it, and it's, well, it is illegal for one thing. Of course, meanwhile, publicly, they were saying that, hey, we, we have to protect users' privacy and so forth. But that had nothing to do with it, really. Anyway, none of this should really be all that surprising. It certainly is not surprising to me. 
but but this time around, I mean, we have some hard evidence. Uh, and I think it's going to be pretty difficult for Facebook to explain this one away, actually. Um, now, we, we've seen kind of how unwilling and toothless governments have been in the past, you know, with regards to policing anti-competitive behavior like this, particularly in tech. So I don't actually expect much to happen. But I do think that it's a good thing that the truth is coming out, even if the story hasn't gotten all that much airtime. But I want to look at I mean, there, there have been a f number of other ca similar cases like this uh, in the past. Again, I mean, just sticking with Facebook to, to harp on them for this episode. Uh, just a little bit of history here. I mean, they first of all, they acquired Instagram back in 2012. And, I mean, granted, Instagram on only had about 50 million users back then. I'm making air quotes when I say only 50 million users. But it had a tremendous growth rate, and it would it, would, it was basically... One of the very, very few companies that could have become a competitor to Facebook uh, in, in any kind of space, any kind of capacity. Now, I, I, remember base, I remember back in 2012 during that era where, and this is just like a little trend that I saw amongst, amongst my friends, is that people started using Instagram for posting photos and they started using in, uh, Facebook more for, for posting, you know, little ideas here and there and asking for uh, you know, favors and or asking for advice or, you know, posting events or, and whatever. They kind of turn into two, two slightly different use cases. Um, and, and Facebook, I suppose, and I'm kind of guessing and spitballing here, I'm, I'm guessing Facebook saw the threat that, hey, we're losing the kind of photo competition here. We're losing the kind of um, users who are into the, the photo sharing aspect and we're going to lose them to, to Instagram. So Facebook went ahead and bought them out for a billion billion dollars and basically married up the Instagram product with the Facebook product and ended up, well, basically dominating the social space even even more. Now then, a year later, roughly, in 2013, they kind of tried to pull the same trick again with Snapchat. And yet again, I have to say, no challenge really whatsoever by the FTC. No, no, no legal problems really with doing this. Certainly not that was out there in the press. Uh, but actually, it was it was Snapchat's founder who simply, well, he basically just didn't want to sell. You know, one billion wasn't enough, then three billion wasn't enough, and uh, I'm guessing he's probably a little bit sorry right now. Just as a side note, I did have, you know, I know a few people who work work at Snapchat who joined, um, you know, enough, several years ago already, thinking that it was going to be the next big thing, and they tried to, of course recruit me into this whole thing as well. And I'm, I was kind of skeptical. And I do have to say that it was the right move not to join it. And I do know quite a few people or a few people over at Snapchat who are not so happy about their decision to join because let's face it, the future is not looking very rosy for that company. And part of the reason for that is, well, let's look at what Facebook did instead now that they couldn't, they couldn't buy the company. Well, they started copying the kind of core features from Snapchat, if you remember. I mean, they stole the Stories feature, uh, pretty much. They, they launched it both on Facebook and Instagram. And also, they added these filters and stickers and everything else for good measure. So they really kind of, they couldn't buy it. So they decided, okay, let's just, let's just copy it. It's, it's just what they did. Then, in 2014... Um, Facebook proceeded to buy WhatsApp for, it was almost $20 billion, $19 billion, I believe it was. And if you ask me, another purchase that should definitely not have been allowed to go through. Uh, and because, you know, I mean, there was a lot, 
a lot at stake here for Facebook, of course, because, well, number one, uh, because WhatsApp has access to all your contacts and phone numbers and so forth, uh, and everybody everybody has it installed on their phone, uh, this is a treasure trove for Facebook in that it now knows even more about you, even if you're not on Facebook. So if they know who your contacts are, if they know the phone numbers and so forth, then they can put together basically a social profile, even if you're not yet a Facebook user, or even if you're you're a Facebook user, but you're, you don't have... Um, have the app installed on your phone. So they got a lot of data out of that one, not to mention that it was an enormous network. It was an enormous social network as well, um, just just because of the messaging functionality. Now, okay, so what's next here? What, what's happening just as of late? Well, Facebook's trying to launch a cryptocurrency. And of course, what did they do first just a little, little while before that? they made sure to ban other ads for cryptocurrencies on their own platform. I mean, if that is not an egregious case of anti-competitive behavior, I don't know what is. I mean, it's so blatant. And of course, I mean, the rationale, Facebook's rationale was, oh, we have to protect users from crypto scams and so forth. Yes, there are crypto scams, but I mean, let's face it, Facebook are absolutely horrible at protecting users from anything and besides i mean the real threats come from facebook's data leaks they come from third-party apps utilizing the facebook platform they come from facebook's own rogue employees and so forth they come from facebook's um, own agenda as it were so i mean users don't need to be protected from harmful information that they might see on a on a social network and and more more importantly i mean it's not up to zuck to determine what constitutes harmful information in a good ad versus a bad ad i mean end users you and me and everybody else will do just fine using our own intelligence to determine what is harmful to us what's the information that we don't want to partake in and and if not if, if we can't determine what's what's harmful to us or or not We'll be learning that lesson our, uh, ourselves. It's that simple, really. Anyway, I think this time the folks over at Facebook got a little bit big-headed. It turns out, if you watch the um, the session in Congress where they pulled Zuckerberg to Congress once more to grill him about the Libra project, it turns out that U.S. congressmen and women were not so keen on this Libra idea after all. And, uh, and, and also, simultaneously, many of the Libra partners are also pulling out of the project. So, I mean, just to kind of summarize what's, what's going on here. I mean, it was not enough that Facebook had the biggest social network. They also had to you know, swallow up the only competing startup as well, if you could call Instagram a startup with 50 million users. Anyway, it was not enough either that they had one of the, the biggest messenger apps baked into their network. They also had to go and swallow up WhatsApp as well. It was not enough that they had you know, the, the biggest treasure trove of information um, with all their, their social interaction data. Uh, but um, then they also had, had to go and, and, and disconnect all the developers that had started to build businesses based off of that data. And they did that very selectively, as I, as I just mentioned. But now, they also have to go and stick their tentacles into the global payment space as well. 
And I think, I mean, if the legislators don't stop this one, then I think the end users will because it's not going to fly. Anyway, I'm angry. I'm hitting the gym. Peace.